what a wonderful experience we get. It's not just something that's in our past. I wasn't gloriously saved 30 years ago, and that was it. I'm gloriously saved now. I, I get to have a daily experience of God's uh, saving power. And um, that's, that's what I want to talk about today. Um, so how many have flown on a big plane? How many have gone across the ocean in a big plane? How many have gone to Asia in a big plane? <laughs> Partly why I ask that is the distance keeps getting further. <laughs> and uh, and it's, it's, my wife and I, we went to, to uh, Shout to the Lord 2000 down in Sydney, Australia. And I just remember we flew from, uh, was it from San Francisco, I believe? Flew from San Francisco, and it, it, and my, my sister does this all the time. I mean, she goes back and forth because she lives there, has a dual citizenship. Um, but I remember that's a huge plane. You know, it's probably, I don't know how many people, probably 300 or more, I would guess. Um, you know, it has an upper level and a lower level. And um, it's not just people, it's all the fuel, it's all the luggage, it's like, a massive amount of weight is being lifted off of the ground. And then it's not just lifted off of the ground and it's done. It's lifted off of the ground and it stays up there for 14 hours. I don't know what the, the furthest they go now, but I know uh, I, was ask, I was asking Tony, my brother-in-law, they can actually fly directly from Sydney to Houston, I believe. And, or, or Dallas, I guess it is what he was talking about. They can probably go to Houston too, but, but he was planning on going to, to Dallas directly. And uh, 16 hours. And what a massive amount of power it takes. And it doesn't stop. It does, it, it's continually lifting up this... Massive amount of weight, you know, and we, we just flew here um, from, from Colorado Springs yesterday, stopped in Dallas on the way, and I don't know, it just impresses me every time that you're just sitting there reading a book and you're going through the air at hundreds of miles an hour. You know, it's just amazing. And, and then, then you go back and you think about how... Um, because there's different levels of power, right? There's different... There's uh, uh, somebody had to, to think, well, I think I'm going to be an explorer today. And he got up off his chair and started walking. That was a certain amount of power, wasn't it? He had, he had, to, he had to exert some, some strength that he already had to get, to get moving. And then, you know, somebody else is on a horse, and, you know, and then they got a, they got a locomotive, you know. And, and the, so there's a continual process of power that I have discovered that once you experience the higher level of power, it's really hard to go back. <laughs> so we went to Colorado for Christmas one year, and we drove. We drove a car. And um, see, she's, she's declaring that we'll never do that again. It's about 16 or 17 hours drive as opposed to hour and a half. Actually... It's an hour and a half to Colorado Springs, and then you still have to get a car and, and go from there. So, so we've done that, and that's so much better than driving a car. Although the whole trip kind of ends up being kind of long because you have to drive to the airport, and then you got to get a car, and then you got to. Anyway, um, but then we found out I've, I've got a brother in law that's got a private plane, and that's a whole other level of power. Because you don't even have to walk through the thing. You don't even have to go through security. You can carry a gun if you want. <laughs> so it's not just power to get you there. It's power to enjoy it on the way. It's wonderful. And it took an hour and a half to get from here to Grand Junction. Actually, right to Buena Vista. So, and you just fly right in. And somebody picks you up. And you talk about getting spoiled and then you you want and they say now i understand 
So I'm going to go in reverse just a little bit. I have a, I have a good friend that, that, that we went to college with, and, and it's funny, you know, just real quick. We grew up in the same town, and, and he pastors up in Twin Falls, Idaho now, and he's, he's a great pastor. He's a great talent. He plays the piano really well, sings really well. But we grew up, and we would go and do banquets together and stuff, you know, we, same age. You know, he's, he's a little bit younger than me, but we would go and, and do things together. So we went to college together. It just so happened we got the same baby blue <laughs> down coats the year before. It must have been for Christmas or something. And, and it had like, you know, the fur collar around, you know, the fake fur collar around. We didn't realize how far from manly they were, but... So we stayed in the same dorm room together. We wore the same coats and we walked across campus together in our baby blue. I never even thought about that till later. And I thought, what a couple of doofuses. What do they think about us? <laughs> Man, if you did that today, they'd be thinking something. Anyway, um, anyway, uh, so he had, he had this, he had this little uh, Volkswagen bug. You know, remember the little, I, I, you know, they still have them, don't they? Yeah, but this was the older version with the little tiny engine, you know, and he, he liked to go uh, skiing. Man, when I went to college, I went to college. It's like I didn't do anything else. You know, it's like I, 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 didn't, I didn't go skiing or hardly anything else. I was there to go to college. Anyway, Lynn liked to go to college, and so I went with him one time. And I mean, you could about put your foot out and, and and help that thing a little bit because that little VW engine just, oh, it was trying. It's like the little engine that could, you know, and it <laughs> finally getting over, you know, but, and it's so nice to do that same drive in a V8. My dad had a Suburban with a B450 or whatever, and you, it didn't even act like it was anything. Why? Because there's different levels of, of power. Yeah. What I want to talk about today is once you have power, you start to realize what it means to not have power. And you wonder why you would ever want to do without power. Right? How many enjoy air conditioning? I love air conditioning. I just want to testify. I love air conditioning. <laughs> Especially down here. You know, I don't like it so much up in Colorado because it's cool all the time. If you want it to cool off, you just open the window. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> but there's different levels of power. And so I want to uh, I wanna just look at some scriptures that have to do with what we've been given in Christ. And, and, you know, as great as that airplane is sitting on the, on the runway, it is a pile of junk until it gets into operation, until it starts doing what it's designed to do. Although it's capable of taking somebody across the ocean, it's nothing at all until its power is applied. It's just sitting there, right? <laughs> so I encourage you, we, we have these notes in the, in the uh, app. I wrote a very wonderful little blog thing you can read if you'd like to that has to go along with this. But you can go back and see the notes too or if you'd like to follow along on here. Um, let's go to Second uh, Timothy. And I'm calling this power or. It's like, what's the alternative? We've been given power. And what's the alternative? Why would we do without if it's there? Why would I drive if there's somebody saying, I have a private plane that you can fly with me and we'll get there in an hour and a half. Why would you do without that kind of power? <laughs> right? Uh, okay. So, 2 Timothy 3.5. So, Timothy's actually going through and he's, and he's talking about people that are living in sin. They're living in, you know, a lot of times when people think that they are free, they're actually bound. They say, don't you tell me what to do, but what they're doing is being bound by something that feels good to them, but it's destroying them. Right, yeah. right. You know, the path of righteousness gets brighter and brighter. It's not, it's, it's not hurting you to, to live right. That's why God hates sin. He hates all this stuff. Anyway, Timothy's talking about this kind of stuff. And he says, you know, they're living in bondage and yet thinking 
that they are religious. And you know, ah, man, I don't, I don't want to just like like come down on other people or you know the church and say, well, the church is doing. I don't want I don't want to do that, but I want to say, where are we? Because there's there's a real possibility that our plane is sitting in the on the runway. It's just not going where it could go. You know what I mean? And, and so. Timothy's talking about this, uh, Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 5, he says, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Oh, but I like to walk to Colorado. I like to ride horses. I'm just going to ride my horse up there. Don't you tell me what to do or what I could do. Don't you tell me what power would do for my life. I have this. I can live in sin. I can listen to my flesh. I can do whatever my flesh tells me to do. Why would I want to let God make me free? <laughs> he says, stay away from people like that. Don't become one either, right? Right? And this is really the crux of what I want to get to is why would we want to just have religion and reject its power? Yes. You know, the, the, the basis for us even believing in Christ is one of the most powerful events that's extreme beyond the biggest airplane and the Elon Musk jet or, or a rocket that he could shoot up in the air. What happened in Christ when Jesus rose from the grave? He became the biggest lifter of anything that's ever taken place. It's a powerful event, amen? That he wants to take us to in this. And why, why would we accept the gift of a massive weightlifter? Not, not this kind of weightlifter. <laughs> Something that's bigger than the biggest plane. Why, why would we reject the power of what we've already been given? Because this is where our life is liberated. It's in its power. Okay? All right, let's go to John 9. So I just got several verses I want to go through here. Because um, look around you right now. I believe most of us here have received Christ, haven't we? We are carriers of not just the glory of God, but the power of God. Amen? And there's a power that only requires activation. What, what, what happens with an airplane? You turn the engines on, and, and they begin to thrust you through the air. Amen? This is what the Holy Spirit's been given, us, given to us for. Not just so that we can sit back and hope we don't get defeated somehow. But to be more than overcomers. I'm more than a conqueror. What's that going to look like? It's going to look pretty powerful. It better be impressive. Amen? But so when we're looking around at each other, we want to just look on the outside. We just want to look at what somebody's going through. We, we even feel that way. Don't, don't you... Uh, judge me till you've walked in my shoes. My shoes have just made, they hurt my feet so bad. I got blisters all over my feet, don't you? And it's so much self-focus about how weak we are and how what we can't do and all this kind of other stuff. And God says, I've made you more than an overcomer. I've made you able to not just carry yourself, but carry somebody else with you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. All right, John, John 9, 2. So when, when Jesus saw a problem... He didn't see, he, he wasn't impressed by it. He just saw it as an opportunity for an application of power. Amen? And this is before the grave. This is before rising. He was just applying belief in God. Right? He says, Master, his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it, was it a result of his own sins or those of his parents? And neither, Jesus answered, but to demonstrate the power of God. 
What did Jesus go around doing all the time? You know, sometimes we, we can think, well, he was the son of God. That was just what, he was operating in the same thing that anybody else could have at that time. He was operating in what was provided in a relationship with God. Even before new creation. So they run into this man that's blind and, 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 and uh, at that time they thought, Anytime somebody was blind or disabled of some kind, that it was a result of judgment because of something that they had done wrong. That's religion, isn't it? It's like all based upon what we do or we don't do. And, and, and Jesus said, no, it's not, it's not something that he's done. It's not somebody else has done. It's an opportunity. So when you have the power to do something about it, it's like a doctor, you know, that, 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 that sees something wrong with somebody. He doesn't just say, oh boy, they have a cold. I just hope they get over it. No, he says that there's an opportunity, doesn't he? Why? Because he has the power to do something about it. He says, if you'll do this, you'll be better. And this is the way God is. He, he, he says somebody blind from birth. And he doesn't, he doesn't start judging. He just sees an opportunity for power to be applied. Amen. All right, let's keep going. Romans 9, 17. So, every other power, and this, and this is what, uh, uh, this is where, when, when we're worshiping like we were this morning, we're beholding an almighty God, aren't we? And to, to the degree that we go there. To, to the degree that we really honor him as who he is. Amen. But what, what is always challenging that, because if Jesus said, if, if we'll just believe him, all things are possible to us. If we'll just believe in this God, he's going to have to get bigger. So what's the, what's the challenge to that? Every other thing in our life, everything that's going on. You know, one of the biggest things, Pastor Kim's been speaking so well here this morning on, on what comes out of our mouth. And some, but you know, one of the biggest challenges to us are personal relationships. That's why offense is a big deal. Because it always, it always happens in somebody that's dear to your heart, right? And, and if you have parents, or, I don't know if you're a parent of somebody that's kind of had issues before. But you know, when, when you have a child that's going through something, what they're going through becomes a mountain that looks like it's insurmountable. And it crushes your spirit, does it not? Yes. All right, I'm talking to <laughs> I'm not just talking to myself this morning. <laughs> Amen. But you know what, what, what is being challenged there is the greatness of our God. If, if we can just, and it's the most vulnerable part of us. That's why Jesus, it didn't sound very nice, but he said you have to hate your family. And he's not saying you have to dislike and, and, and be against your family. He's saying compared to me. It's going to have to be something that your family goes through something. And it's not going to change how you feel about me. Amen? Because the power to overcome this thing isn't magnifying the thing. It's going to be magnifying the power. Because if you can be at peace, if you can be at joy, no matter what that person that's dear to your heart is going through, you can be the answer to it rather than a part of the problem. How many times do we become a part of the problem because our, our power is being acknowledged in the issue rather than the one that has the power to bring resolution? Amen? Okay. So this is how God, he, he's saying, and, and if we can get that same kind of uh, awareness of what we're going through, oh, this is an opportunity. If we really believe in God, amen? What do we believe about him? Why would you want to do without power? This is what I want to keep pressing here today. If we have power, why would you do without it? Amen. Why would you drive a VW to go skiing? That's just brainless, right? Okay. What appears to be power will bow before his. Okay, Romans 9, 17. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, was an example of this fact. For God told him he had given him the kingdom of Egypt for the very purpose of displaying the awesome power of God against him. 
so that all the world would hear about God's glorious name. So things that are going on in the world around us, I don't know if you've noticed, but things that seem to be so ominous don't last forever. If you go back through history, Hitler didn't live forever, <laughs> you know. Genghis Khan, you know, but, but in their era, oh, they're scary, you know, but they all fall before God. They all crumble. Amen. And what was God doing in, in Pharaoh? He was using this, this entity that had been set up and he said, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. And he's actually using him for his own glory. If Pharaoh hadn't hardened his heart every time. He kept hardening his heart and enabling the power of God some more. What God, and it's amazing how long it took. How many of those plagues had to happen? And yet each one of them was a demonstration of God's power, wasn't it? The, the power of Almighty God was being in demonstration. Why? So that a people that had been in slavery as long as they had been could actually follow the man that couldn't hardly talk. And leave their bondage. They had to see the power. You know what? Jesus went around doing good and healing all that were sick. What didn't he? But Jesus went around doing good. What was he doing every time? And in this case, it was a blind man, right? What was he doing? He was demonstrating the power of God. Because without the power, there is no difference from religion in what we believe. The power is what sets us apart. The power that raised Christ from the grave, it's in our mortal bodies right now. The power is what changes things. And so to deny the power is to deny everything else that we believe. Amen? And why in the world would you? Amen? Why do you want to walk to Colorado? Okay. I'll just keep going back to that from time to time. Okay. So, let's go to 1 Corinthians 2 4. <clears throat> so, how many get on Facebook from time to time? How many like to post things, like to throw ideas around, like to, you come up with a good thought, you think, well, I'm going to get some likes. <laughs> How many have gotten some likes? It's like, oh, I feel so good. I got some likes. I must be brilliant. <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that kind of what's going on a little bit? Or you find somebody that did something, you know, some really brilliant person. And so you, you know. <laughs> and, you know, it's really amazing how much wisdom we can have ourselves but there's a power in the word of god that supersedes everything else that when you start drawing on the power of the word the word of god is quick it's powerful it's sharper than any two-edged sword and when you start drawing on the power of the word of god you start having a rejection of every other wisdom that comes from man why because why would you do without his power and think you got something here. Is that true? <laughs> well, that's kind of what he's saying here. 1 Corinthians 2, 4, he says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen? And it's good to sit around and, and fellowship and everything else. But when we start talking about what we believe, I really don't want to hear human wisdom. Because it has no power. If you want power, because here's the thing. When we're, when, we're, when we're exalting an idea, when we're exalting a wisdom, we're not just exalting that. We're following it to some extent. Can you see that? It's going to affect what we choose to do. Oh, that is so good. I just want to follow. And, you know, I was just talking with some family members this weekend. And it's like, oh, it's so good to see about your mom and stuff and how she did this and she did this. I need to start doing that, too. And I said, you know what? It's good to see what you should do. But it's better to know the one that will help you to do it. 
that will empower you to do it, not just give you the information. I don't want just the information. I want the Word of God. What is the Word of God? It's not just, a, it's not just a, uh, something that I can understand with my mind. The Word of God is something that goes right down into your heart and causes you to know something that where you can believe from what you know from the Word of God. It's not human wisdom. Isn't that good? It's the power of God. Oh, that's good. All right, Romans 1, 16. Isn't this good? And there's some I want to, I want to, I want to, because it's not a, it's not something that we have to try to do or, or, or we have to work at doing or, or it's right here. It's already now. Get on the plane. <laughs> Sip some water, you know? All right. <laughs> that really is cool, man. You can just sit down and. Watch all those people in the cars. <laughs> so Romans 1.16. So it is the power of the gospel. If there's anything that we believe about God, it is based upon the power of God. What he did. His love is meaningless without power. What enabled his love to do something for us was the power of God that caused Christ to come up out of the grave. Jesus would have just gone to hell and stayed there if it wasn't for the power of God. Amen? That's what he calls us to. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What is that? That, that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us so that we don't have to live in bondage. But we can rise with him. We have resurrection life in us right now. Amen? For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. What, is, what does it mean to believe? Oh yeah, I believe that. Everybody believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. Yeah. <laughs> but belief isn't really belief until it changes what you do. Until it changes what you say. Until it changes these things. And that's why it becomes something that liberates you. <clears throat> right? There's no power in salvation unless it's changing who you are. And why is he said to everyone who believes. That's not just I, I have a mental assent. That means I have a heart transformation. My believing has to come from my heart. Amen? Acts 1.8. So there's power in the Holy Spirit with this free gift that God has given us to empower us in this. Amen? Jesus said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, it's not going to be just something that's going to make you feel all cozy and comfortable. I, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to comfort you. Uh, for Christmas this year, you get a comforter. <laughs> right? It, it's not about that. No, it, it's about empowering us. There's nothing more comforting than sitting in a powerful plane that's taking you there right now. I'm sorry, that just keeps coming back, all right? <laughs> Not saying, here, you can wear a blanket on your walk to Colorado. That's not comforting. Maybe for like the first half mile. <laughs> what is power, what is comforting is power that's going to make you able to be victorious in any situation. Amen? But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, this is actually Jesus talking, isn't it? This is in Acts, but this is, in Jesus, this is Jesus talking before he, he left the earth. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive what? Power to testify about me with great effect to the people in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. About my death and resurrection. What is that? That's the gospel, isn't it? You know what the gospel is not? That if you come to God, he's going to give you everything. Every, your life's going to be wonderful. That's not the gospel. You know what the gospel is? You come to God, your old man's going to die. And you're going to become a new man that is no longer affected by things in the world. Amen? 
You will go through tribulation. You'll go through difficult times. You go through trials. Because that's what life is about. But the wonderful thing is, you will go through them with power to be victorious. Boy, that's better. You know what is not, is, is, is not a comfortable thing to a, a, to a football player? Is to tell them that they'll never have competition now because they're just so good. No, what makes a, a, a football player or a wrestler? You know, we we uh, buddy got to meet this guy from my hometown. My my sister that's coming was engaged to this guy. He's a he's a wrestler. Um, wrestled at Oklahoma State University from my hometown, and uh, he won nationals at 190 pounds uh, his senior year. And he has a famous thing, historical thing that took place at. What do they call it? Gag Gallagher Iba? Is it Gallagher Iba Arena? It's not there anymore, but it, it was this old arena that that was kind of they the, the crowd would get so loud that it would shake the place. And he was wrestling there, and they actually the crowd actually made so much noise that the lights went out. You can look it up on YouTube, I guess. Daryl Monasmith. And uh so he had, he had a younger sister in my grade, and uh, Deneen Monismith. And uh, anyway, um, you know, you don't make Daryl feel good telling him that there's not going to be anybody that's even going to come close to him now, that he's not going to have any competition. No, what makes somebody that's a conqueror feel powerful is that there's, a, there's an ominous opponent that I'm going to overcome. You don't get to be an overcomer more than an overcomer without uh, somebody that wants to overcome you. Amen? The devil goes around like a roaring lion all the time. And, and you know what? He is consuming people. He's consuming people with an inability to get their plane off the ground because they don't believe in the power that they have. Amen? But Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and you're not going to be alone. I, I'm leaving now, but you're not going to be without me because the Holy Spirit's coming. And now, not only will I be with you all the time in him, my power is going to be with you. Amen? 1 Corinthians 4.20. The kingdom of God is not just talking. It's living by God's power. Isn't that good? So, you know, we, we talk about being in the kingdom of God. It's, a it's, it's living in the power of God. Man, I've just got a few verses here, but man, the word is full of this. About the power of God. Amen? Let's go to Mark eleven twenty two. Man, th this information is kind of like power, isn't it? Like, why would you want to do without this? Let's walk in this. Let's live in this. If we're going to be in the kingdom of God, we have to be operating in the power. We have to be above and not beneath. Amen? Mark eleven twenty two and 23. <clears throat> Remember what was happening. Well, let me just read this. If you only have faith in God, this is the absolute truth. You can say to this Mount of Olives, rise up and fall into the Mediterranean, and your command will be obeyed. All that's required is that you really believe and have no doubt. How do you really believe and have no doubt? You live. You're with them all the time. How do you believe in a partner? How do you have, how, how do you get to the place where you're not suspicious of somebody in a partner relationship, in, in a personal relationship? Why? You live with them all the time. You get to where you know. Have you ever had somebody where you, you start getting suspicious? If there's unfaithfulness or something, you know, it's like, why? Because you're living with them. You know. If you live with God, if you, if, if, if you're, if you're, Feasting on his word. If you're worshiping him. Jesus said if you abide in me. That means you're living there. You're not just going to church there. And, and checking it off your list. For I'm a good person now. No, no you're living there. 
And you know what? Very important when you're living with a partner is that you listen to what they have to say. All right. I know. <laughs> She's getting this on a recording, so. But, but it's the truth. It's, you know, you're, you're not really going to be able to trust somebody until you start to hear what they have to say. Right? So to actually have faith in God, you know, and this, this sounds like it's, it's high and lofty stuff, talking to a man. What is that man? Well, we just talked about that. That's like a kid that you don't know what to do with because they've wrenched your heart out because they're making choices that are not good choices, right? Or, or something like that. And they become this mountain. And he said, but if you can believe in me, you're going to tap into a power that's going to be able to give you something in your mouth. Because here's what happens. It's like Pastor Kim was talking about this morning. What's coming out of your mouth is way more important than what's going into it. Amen? And Jesus said that. Why? Because death and life are in the power of our tongue. The power of our tongue. Do you know how the, the world was created? And what God said. That's why this verse is so important. Because it's what we're saying that releases the power of God. It's not enough to just, what, what does it take to get a, a, the plane off the ground? You got to fire up the engines and you got you to get going fast enough so where that air be, creates a lift to get you up off the ground. What does it take in the spirit to get overcome this mountain and be able to speak to it? You have to live in the spirit and you have to be, begin to breathe spirit life out of your mouth what happens when you do that begins to lift you up to where now you're seeing the mountain from above and it's something you can speak to amen it's not above you you're above it All that's required is you really believe and have no doubt. Let's look at Luke 9, 43. A power experience enables endurance through a storm. So here's what's so, uh, how many have gone through something where you are being challenged? When you're going through a storm, here, here, here's, man, this is really a precious thing because what we've already gone through will become a resource for what we're going to go through. If we go through this right now. Not right now, but correctly now. You know what I mean? So let's, let's read this, Luke 9, 43. Awe gripped the people as they saw this display of the power of God. Meanwhile, as they were exclaiming over all the wonderful things he was doing, I believe this was the time when he, he delivered this boy that was demon-possessed, Right? And, it was, and Jesus actually got frustrated at them. He said, why, why can't you do this, right? <clears throat> but when he did it, I mean, you can imagine right now, we don't have this happen as frequently now. Maybe we need to have some more of it. And then this is partly why we need to talk about these things. Amen? Because if you're not confident in the power that you already have, you confront another power like this, and this is why Jesus was so amazing at this, is he was so full of the power of God that he got on the mountaintop with his father that when he encountered this power that everybody else was impressed with, it was nothing to him. That, that's why he could talk to it. He didn't talk with it. He didn't try to persuade it. He didn't get real mad at it and tell it, if you don't do this, well, I'm going to, I'm warning you. You know, it's like, it wasn't that. It was, he had authority. He had power over that thing, right? He knew who he was. But here's what happens when you observe the power of God. It gives you the fear of God. So, where God, what, what, what Jesus was doing was so necessary for people to fear God, to go to him. To actually acknowledge him. God needs us in the world today to demonstrate his power so that people can fear him. You know what? People do not fear God today. They're so impressed with everything else. 
When's the last time you saw a real demonstration of God's power? Well, I mean, I, I'm so grateful for it in my own life, you know. But I, I, I guarantee you, we begin to know God in his power. It will be impossible for somebody to not become impressed by the one that we know. It will come out of us. It will not be something we're trying to do. It's something that, that God will do through us just because we're going for him. Amen? Ah, grip the people. Meanwhile, they're exclaiming all over the wonderful things Jesus said to his disciples. Listen to me and remember what I say. I, the Messiah, am going to be betrayed. So what's he saying there? He's saying, take hold of your experience of the revelation of God. What did it say? They said, it says they were in awe of God. What does that mean? They're getting revelation of God's greatness. Amen? He said, when you encounter God, when you encounter the power of God, you lay hold upon that thing as an anchor to your soul because there's going to be challenges when you say, what in the world is going on? The Messiah is hanging on a cross. And you can go back and you can say, yes, but he demonstrated a power that I'm going to let that be what I hold on to right now. And I'm not going to be moved by what looks to be ominous before me right now. That's what he's saying, isn't it? That, you know, it's so critical that we take hold of the power of God in our life right now. Because we are going to go through something. And are we going to just say, well, it was sure fun singing that song back in church. I'm more than a conqueror. How are you going to be more than a conqueror? It's by the power of God that you experienced already that you say, that is real. It doesn't matter what I'm up against. I've already seen something that's more real than that. Amen? And Jesus says, remember what you're experiencing right now. Because this will take you through that time when you don't understand. Make your foundation the power of God. Not what things look like. Ah, this is too good. Amen? All right, 1 Corinthians 1, 24. But God has opened the eyes of those called to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, to see that Christ is the mighty power of God to save them. Christ himself is the center of God's wise plan for their salvation. I just wanted to put it, this in here real quick. You know what we're doing? We're not, we're not trying to have something separate from God. This is God. This is Jesus. You cannot encounter Jesus. Uh, I just had my own personal little relationship with Jesus. We just had nice sweet little times in the morning. And, uh, and it's just real special. But it doesn't, I don't really like to make waves or anything. I don't really like to get into that. We just have our own personal relationship. Well, you know, there might be some wonderful things about that, but you, did you know that if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you're having a personal relationship with the power of God. Can you imagine walking around with Jesus, having your little personal relationship with Jesus, and all of a sudden, wow, demons start coming out of people, and, and you know, blind people start getting... But, but, but I'm just trying to have a personal relationship with him. No, I said, no, it's a powerful relationship with him is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get a personal without a powerful. Well, that's really good, isn't it? <laughs> Amen? Oh, I believe right now we have an opportunity to allow the Spirit of God, and I just encourage this. We're going to close here pretty quick. But to allow the Spirit of God to begin to awaken in us because you will not operate in, you will not fly an airplane that you haven't learned to operate. <laughs> and where does that come from? It comes from revelation. Why does somebody go to school to learn so that they can get revelation? So where they don't get in the cockpit and they say, well, there's lots of buttons. Should I just start flipping them? Should I just start punching them? Or what should I do, you know? This is not real complicated, but it does require revelation. To get beyond, that was just a nice thought. All right. 
So Matthew 25, 29 says, To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have abundance and abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what, they, what little they have will be taken away. So here we are as Christians. How many have accepted Jesus as your Lord? Isn't it wonderful? That acceptance was an encounter with the power of God. It changes us into a new creation. It's the most powerful thing we can ever experience. But what do we do with it? It's very critical what we do with it. What happened when we accepted Jesus? You know what? He came in. He made a new creation inside of us. Old things are passed away. All things are made to be new. Why? So that we can walk in holiness. That we can walk in the presence of God. That we can walk free from sin and bondages. Why? Because they kill us. They take life from us. Right? But if you don't do anything with what you've been given, you can't expect to get any more. This is what I want to encourage us with today. Amen? Because God wants us to be able to walk beyond our own deliverance. To impart it to somebody else. Did you know why we're called Christians when we accept Christ? It's because we're the anointed ones. What does that mean? That we, remember Jesus stood up before he went into his ministry. He said, <clears throat> I declare to you, or he, he read out of Isaiah, right? He said, uh, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. To preach, to bring deliverance, healing, recovering, all these things. Why are we called Christians? Because that's our purpose. We can only walk in those things as we walk. What, what is a walk? It's, it's going from one step takes me a little bit closer. Amen. But if I don't ever take any, I don't go anywhere. Or if I just take one and stop, that's where I'm stopping, right? If you're going to walk in revelation, you got to take what you've given. Let it take you to the next step. Amen? <laughs> and the power of God wants to be that in our life. That he didn't just deliver us from an old life. But he wants to take us in the fullness of his power. Amen? To where people become in awe of God because of his demonstrated power through us. Isn't that interesting? When Jesus was doing these things, God was exposed. People became in awe of God. God wants to do that in our life. You know what? There's somebody around us right now that needs a touch of heaven. The power of God. And it's not a complicated thing. We, only, we just have to believe it. We have to accept it. That this is who we are. And then we have to fire up the engine and make a movement. You know, I have a, I have a cousin, partly what inspired me with this. I have a cousin. He's an amazing. I hadn't seen him for probably 30 years. He's taller than Hunter. Is he taller than you? He's 6'4". It's funny because his, his dad is about this tall. <laughs> and the last name is Lolly. Isn't that interesting? We got a Peabody. We got a Lolly. <laughs> but he is brought up in, 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 a, in a denomination where they, they do not believe in the power. They have a form of godliness, but they, they deny the power because they say it was just for some other time. Or It's like, why would God do that? I don't know. It's like. I'm going to take you on a plane ride, but you don't ever get to go on another one. You know, it's like. <laughs> but he said, you know what? I, I, I went to this, this meeting, and this guy just came up to me, and he, and he just touched me on the chest, and he just said, uh, uh, the power of God's going into you, something like that, you know. And he said, I experienced something that I could not deny. Wow. You know? He said, so I've had to adjust my theology. Based upon what? The simple obedience to an application of power. Amen? 
What does God want for us? To just be trying to get over something in ourselves or to become transmitters of power? This is what we've been given. Amen? <clears throat> to those who use well what they are given, what we've already been given, even more will be given. Did you know the people that operated in the most amazing demonstrations? I think Paul was this way. He, he wasn't real demonstrative. It's just very, very natural, very real. You don't have to become somebody. You don't have to get weird unless you're already weird. I mean, like, <laughs> I guess we're kind of close to Austin, aren't we? Say we, We're already kind of weird, you know, even to be here. <laughs> but you can be the person that you are but believing in the power that's in you. And you'll do things that you wouldn't have done. You don't have to come up with something. The Spirit leads us. Amen? But every time we respond to a Spirit leading, not afraid of a failure, just, just responding, it's the power of God that's being administered. It's not something that we're doing right or wrong. We're just being obedient. Amen? He said, I'm giving you the power. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You'll tread on serpents and scorpions and not be harmed. Now, I don't want to do that on purpose, but you know, if I happen to, right? We don't have to be in fear. <clears throat> okay, so I've got one more here. This is good, isn't it? Are we laying hold on this? Because we are made to be not just receivers of anointing, but transmitters of anointing. What is anointing? That's the power of God. Yes. Yes. It's extreme power. Think about the biggest plane, the biggest rocket, the biggest... Man, I, 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 we, I went out and just looked up at the sky at my parents' house, you know, a couple nights ago, and it's like... Uh, it's, it's almost looking like, like sand. I mean, it's, the stars are that deep, you know. Uh, and you're not seeing them all. And, and I'm thinking, why would I try to put this kind of God in a box that I think I can figure out? You know what I mean? I'd rather just submit to him and say, God, here I am. Move through me. Here I, I'm a living sacrifice before you. And you know what? He'll do way more with us than we can do with ourselves when we just submit to him. Amen? Okay, so Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren... I will make you to be strong whether you like it or not. You will find yourself being lifted up out of your bed and going down to the, to the gym. You'll say, why am I here? Why am I here? I don't know. Oh, God made me. I'm getting strong. No. Being strong is up to us. Operating in the power is up to us. He doesn't make us. He enables us. When we move, he will move. Isn't that amazing how he's done this, designed this? The biggest things he's done, he's done through somebody. Amen? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in what? The power of his might. Now, that you know, there's a lot more in this passage. You know, we're supposed to put on all this kind of stuff. But what I want to see here is that it's up to us. We're going to have to take the steps. We're going to have to do it. Amen? Amen. 